Thank you, Brother Brian, for doing a wonderful job leading us in our singing this morning. Brother Stan for his wonderful talk as well at the Lord's table. If you have your Bible with you, I want to invite you to go ahead and check it out and go to the second book of the Bible. Go to the book of Exodus, please. Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1 in your Old Testament. You know, while today is first and foremost the Lord's Day, I do also recognize and understand that today in our country is also a very special day for mothers, right? Today is a very special day for mothers. Today, today in our country, we recognize Mother's Day, and I just want to begin this morning by saying Happy Mother's Day to all the beautiful and wonderful mothers that are here. Happy Mother's Day to all the godly mothers that are here this morning. May God bless you, and may God bless your family. You know, one of the things that we all have in common, I don't care who we are this morning, is we all have a mother, don't we? We all have a mama. I have a mama. You have a mama. And let me just ask you, do you love your mama? Do you love the woman who brought you into this world and helped raise you in your life? I ask you that question because it can be easy to take for granted all that a mother does for a family. It can be easy to take for granted how selfless a mom is. And how nurturing and loving she is and how she's able to solve problems and think quick on her feet and how a lot of things in the family would really break down and be dysfunctional if she wasn't there. It is easy to take for granted all that a mother does for family. In fact, because I get the pleasure of working alongside the woman who I believe is the greatest mother in all the world, and that's my wife. I know for a fact that being a mom in 2021 is not an easy task. It is not an easy responsibility. In fact, because of the pervasiveness of sin in our society today, I believe that godly mothers especially have one of the most difficult responsibilities in all the world. They have one of the most difficult jobs in all the world, but we need to understand that their situation today is not really unique. It's not really peculiar. It's not really strange, especially when you compare it to one particular mother that we can read about in the Bible. Believe it or not, but there is one particular mother that we can read about in the Bible who actually had a baby during one of the worst moments in the history of the world. This woman was a Hebrew woman. She came from the tribe of Levi. She was a woman of God. She was a servant of God, and she was named by her parents, Jochebed. Jochebed. You ever heard of Jochebed before? Are you familiar with the story of Jochebed? If not, don't, don't feel too bad about that, okay? Don't beat yourself up too, too bad about that because Jochebed is only mentioned by name twice in the Bible. 
She's mentioned by name in Exodus 6 and verse 20 and in Numbers 26 and verse number 59. She's only mentioned by name twice in all the scriptures, but I submit to you that her contribution to human history is still felt today. It is still remembered today. It is still even celebrated by the people of God today. You see, as Christians, as the people of God today, we celebrate the fact that Jochebed was the mother of Moses. Jochebed was the mother of one of the most important people that we can read about in the Bible. She was the mother of one of the greatest leaders that, that, that ever walked on this earth. She was the mother of the man that God used to deliver his people from hundreds and hundreds of years of Egyptian slavery. I'm pretty sure that the majority of us in this room this morning know and understand key aspects of Moses' story, but let me tell you something. There would not have been a Moses if there was not first a Jochebed. There would not have been this great leader of God's people. There would not have been this great lawgiver of God's people. There would not have been this man who wrote the first five books of the Bible had there not been a Jochebed as his mother, Jochebed, played a huge role in his life. And this morning in this lesson, I want us to talk about her for a little bit. I want us to consider the story of Jochebed. In fact, I want us to consider three important things that the Bible tells us about her story. And the first thing I want us to understand is this. First, when it comes to what the Holy Spirit tells us about Jochebed, we need to understand that when we are first introduced to her, she's living in a very dangerous time. She's living in one of the most dangerous times in the history of the world. We should have saw that or seen that in our scripture reading this morning. Going back to our scripture reading that Brother Josiah read for us in Exodus chapter 1, verses 6 through 14, I want you to notice how in those verses, notice how in those verses we see that some terrible things are going on in the world. Notice how as the book of Exodus opens up, the people of God, the people of Israel, the Hebrew people, they're not living as a free people in the land of Canaan, are they? They're not living in the promised land. They're not living in that land that flows with milk and honey. Instead, when the book of Exodus opens up, they're living in Egypt. They're actually living as slaves in Egypt. They are slaves in a foreign land. The scripture says that after the death of Joseph and his brothers, the people of God began to be fruitful and multiply. The people of God multiplied exceedingly. In fact, they multiplied so much that the Egyptians began to become afraid of them. The Egyptians began to fear them. The Egyptians began to fear that if things continued at that rate, it wouldn't be long before they were outnumbered. It wouldn't be long before there would be more Hebrews in the land of Egypt than Egyptians. They feared the massive population growth of these people. And so in an effort to get control of that, they decided to make the people of God slaves. 
They decided to dominate them and abuse them. They decided to keep them busy working in the fields with bricks and mortar and all kinds of rigorous things. In an effort to control their population, the Egyptians made the people of God slaves. But it is interesting, it is interesting how according to the scriptures, the more work the Egyptians gave the Hebrews, the more rigor, rigorous they were upon them, the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. The more they multiplied, the more they increased throughout the land. And so go into the text with me to Exodus chapter 1. We're going to pick up with verse 15. Now this event took place 3,500 years ago. Someone says, was shown this morning, he said Solomon lived 3,500 years ago. Don already pointed that out to me. I got mistaken. I got confused in which sermon I was preaching, okay? Solomon lived 1,000 years ago. This is 3,500 years ago. So in Exodus chapter 1 and verse 15, once the king of Egypt realized that this slavery plan wasn't going to work, it wasn't working well in controlling the population of the Hebrews, the Bible says in verse 15, then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives. One of them was named Shifra and the other was named Pua. And he said, when you're helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall put him to death. But if it's a daughter, then she shall live. Kill the baby boys, let the little girls live. But the midwives did what? I like this. They feared God. They feared God more than they feared men. And did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied. And they became very mighty because the midwives feared God. He established households for them. He blessed them. Verse 22, then Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile and every daughter you are to keep alive. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him for three months. I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to imagine, imagine living in this time. I want you to try to put yourself in the feet of Moses' parents. Since it is Mother's Day in our country, try to put yourself in the shoes or the sandals of Moses' mother. Try to put yourself in the sandals of Jochebed. Try to imagine have a, having a baby during a time like this. Try to imagine having a baby during a time when you and your people are not only slaves, you're not only viewed as the scum of the earth, but the oppressive government that you are under, they actually want to murder your child. They actually want to take the life of your child. They actually want to ensure that your child doesn't live a full day once it enters into the world. Try to imagine living in a world like that. You know, 
when both of our children were born. You know where I was? I was right there. I was right there in the delivery room with my wife. I wanted to ensure that both of my children, both of our children, received something that I didn't get to receive when I entered into the world, and that was their daddy right there to welcome them. If I had died five minutes after either one of my children were born, that would have been five minutes they had with their dad, five minutes more they had with their dad than I've ever had with mine. I wanted to be there to welcome them into the world. The day our children came into this world was one of the happiest days of my life, of our lives. It was a day of celebration for us. It was a day of unexpressible or inexpressible joy. And, and I got to tell you, I, I can't imagine it being any other way. I, I can't imagine being in the position of Jochebed and her husband. I can't imagine bringing Shawn Michael into this world and being afraid that the government is going to come into the room and take him from us and, and murder him. I can't imagine going through something like that. What a horrible thing for these parents to experience 3,500 years ago. And while our situation today may not be as extreme, I think we need to understand that, unfortunately, parents today, mothers today, especially godly mothers today, they're still facing a terrible threat. They're still facing a terrible danger. They're still bringing children into a very dangerous world. You see, while they may not have to worry about the U.S. government coming into the delivery room and killing their children as soon as they are born, they do have to worry about bringing their children into a, into a world that is getting further and further away from the will of God. A world that is becoming more corrupt and contaminated by the deceitfulness of sin, a world where more and more people are not believing the Bible and they don't believe in Jesus. And as time goes by, they're going to try to influence your children to drink and do drugs and have sex outside of marriage and buy into the false but very popular notions of evolution and, and, and atheism. In fact, when it comes to evolution and atheism, it is very likely that the children that are, that are being brought into this world, the children that are even being raised in this world right now, one day they're going to sit at the feet of a college professor or some kind of educator at a school or a university, and that educator is going to try to force atheism and evolution and postmodernism down their throats. They're going to try to force feed them that stuff. They're going to try to brainwash them. They're going to tell them that it is not intelligent to believe in God and Jesus and the Bible. They're going to say, you're stupid if you believe in those things. That's the kind of world our kids are growing up in today. You understand that? They're growing up in the world like that. We've got to get our heads out of the sand. While our society today may not be as dangerous as the one in the time of Jochebed, it's still dangerous. It's still ugly. It's still corrupt and violent and full of unbelief. Jochebed. She brought a child into the world during a very dangerous time, but 
the way in which she combated that was according to the scripture, she lived a life of sacrifice. She lived a life of sacrifice. I want you to go back to Exodus 2. Look at verse number 2. I want you to notice how according to Exodus 2 and verse 2, the scripture says that when Moses was born, once Jochebed saw how beautiful he was, she decided to hide him. She hid him for three months. She hid him for 90 days. For 90 days, she refused to let the government know that her son had been born. She hid this child for 90 days, and once that time was up, once she could no longer hide him for practical reasons, she then executed another plan to save his life. Look at verses 3 and 4 of the text. Verses 3 and 4. The Bible says that when Jochebed could no longer hide her baby, she made something. What did she make? She made a basket. She made a very special basket. And she placed her baby in the basket, and then she set that basket, she set that basket among the reeds on the edge of the Nile River. She put her baby in a very specific spot on the bank of the Nile River, and I believe she did that because she knew or because she had faith that in due time the right person was going to come along and save her baby. She had faith that in time her baby was not going to suffer the same fate as the other Hebrew children. She was willing to risk her life protecting her son. And the reason why I say she was willing to risk her life is because we need to understand that Jochebed could have been killed doing this. Jochebed could have been executed, executing this plan. Remember what the law of the land is at this time. Remember, the law of the land at this time is all the male baby boys of the Hebrews, they are to be killed. They are to be thrown into the Nile River. They are to be drowned in the Nile River. That was a law that came directly from the king of Egypt. And Jochebed, she refused to abide by it. Jochebed refused to allow her son to suffer that terrible fate, she actually risked her life protecting and putting her son in the best position she believed he had to survive. She sacrificed to protect her baby. And isn't that what a real mother's all about? Isn't that what a loving mother is all about? I'm going to tell you something, and I really believe this with all my heart. There are few people on earth more selfless and sacrificial than a mother. Think about it. Think about all that a mama does for a family. Think about how a mother sacrifices her body for nine months carrying her baby. For nine months, she shares with her baby nourishment and energy for, from her body. When she brings the baby into the world, she sacrifices her life. She could die bringing that child into the world. And when the baby is born, she's the one 
usually staying up all night. Not us dads, I'm sorry. At least in my house it wasn't that way. Y'all may be better than me. But mom is usually the one staying up all night feeding the baby and helping the baby adjust to living in the world. When it comes to raising the baby or the child or the children, since dad is the one out working, trying to provide for the family, mama's the one usually spending the most time with the children, right? Mama's usually the one sacrificing her time and her energy, making meals for the children and teaching the children how to talk and how to walk and, and how to be independent. Mom is usually the one tending, those, tending to, those, to those little boo-boos, right? She's the one bandaging up the wounds. She's usually the one staying up late at night with them when they are sick. She's usually the one picking them up from school and helping them with the algebra and the science homework and getting them from one extracurricular activity to another. She's usually the one on the front lines. When the children become teenagers and they're going through all those hormonal changes and they make you want to strangle them. <laughs> they're getting on her nerves all the time, but even though they're getting on her nerves and making her feel unappreciated maybe at times, some kind of way, she's still the most compassionate person in the house. You notice that? Some kind of way, she's the most loving and most forgiving and patient person in the house. Again. I truly believe that there are few people in this life who ask as sacrificial and selfless as a mother. The question is, do we appreciate that? Do we understand that? Are we thankful for that? Are we thankful for all the sacrifices that our mothers made for us in our lives? I want to suggest that if we're really thankful for their sacrifices. You know what we're, we will do? We'll tell them that. We'll tell them that today. We'll tell them today that we love them and we'll appreciate them. We'll do that right now while we have the opportunity because many of you know you can testify one day she won't be here, right? Many of you know firsthand that one day mama's going to be gone. One day, mama's not going to be on this earth. One day, you won't be able to talk to mama. You won't be able to pick up the phone and call mama and hug mama and laugh with mama and get advice from mama and tell mama personally that you love her. One day, mama, mama won't be here, so we got to take advantage of the opportunity we have right now. Chocobay was a real, was a real mama. She lived a life of sacrifice for her child, but this does bring us to the third and final thing I want to say about this woman of God, and that is when we study her story, we also see that she lived a life of faith. She lived a life of faith. I want to show you a scripture in the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse number 23, we commonly call this chapter the Hall of Faith, right? Well, in Hebrews 11 and verse number 23, in the Hall of Faith, the Hebrew writer says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they, Moses' parents, were not afraid of the king's edict. Notice how, in addition to people like Abraham, 
and Sarah and Rahab and Noah and Moses and King David and so many others. Here in this chapter, we also find Jochebed. The Hebrew writer says that faith contributed to Jochebed's actions in Exodus chapter 2. The scripture says that it was by faith that Jochebed hid Moses. It was by faith that she protected Moses. It was by faith that she did not allow the king's edict to hinder her from doing all she could to save her child. Jochebed's actions, according to the scripture, were not only, an action, or not only actions of love for her child, but they also were actions of faith. They were also actions of belief and trust in God. She had faith that God was going to work out something and allow her son to survive. I want you to go back to Exodus chapter 2 again, because I think we see that in the text. Go back to Exodus 2 one more time and follow me to verse number 5. Follow me to verse number 5, and we're going to read down to verse number 10. In Exodus chapter 2, in verse number 5, the Bible says that after she made this, this special basket and put Moses in it and put it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the Nile. And her maidens walking alongside the Nile, and she saw the basket among the reeds and sent it to her maid, and she brought it up. She brought it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying and she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called the mother's child. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. The woman, so the woman took the child and nursed him. The child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son and she named him Moses and said, because because I drew him out of water. These are some extremely powerful verses, extremely powerful verses in the word of God. Notice how after placing Moses in a basket among the reeds in the Nile River, Eventually, someone comes along and finds the baby. Eventually, someone comes along and discovers the baby. Who discovers the baby? Who finds the baby? Well, the daughter of Pharaoh, of all people. She finds the baby. She comes along and she finds the baby. She finds this baby boy crying in a basket. And notice how her first inclination here is not to kill the baby. It's not to hurt the baby. It's not to destroy the baby. Instead, her first inclination is to pity the baby. To provide for the baby. To help the baby. In fact, no, notice how she tells Moses' sister, and keep in mind, she doesn't know this is Moses' sister who's been following and watching everything. She tells Moses' sister to go and find a Hebrew woman to come and nurse this baby. She said, please go and find a woman among the Hebrews to come and nurse this baby. And interestingly enough, the woman the girl goes to get is her mother, which is also Moses' mother, because they're brother and sister. And so not only is Moses' life spared, and not only is he going to be taken in 
and raised in a house of royalty, but his mother is going to be given access to him in his life? His mother is going to be able to nurse him and care for him and spend time with him and most importantly, teach him about God. Teach him about the one true and living God, not the false gods of the Egyptians. She's going to be able to nurse him, care for him, teach him about God, and to top it all off, she's going to get paid to do it. If that's not the work of God, I don't know what in the world he is. God's clearly at work. This is the providence of God. Jochebed is rewarded by God for her faith. And let me just ask you, are you blessed to have a mama like that? Are you blessed to have a mama of faith? Young people this morning, are you blessed to have a mama who has great faith in God? Are you blessed to have a mama like Jochebed who believes and trusts in God? Are you blessed to have a mama who not only taught you your ABCs and how to count and how to write and maybe how to read, but she also taught you the scriptures? She also taught you about God. She also introduced you to the most important person in human history, the source of your salvation, Jesus Christ. Do you have a mama who taught you about Jesus Christ? Do you have a mama who brings you the Bible class and helps you do your Bible lesson? Do you have a mama who prays with you and prays for you? Do you have a mama that helps you do your daily Bible reading? Do you have a mama who serves others? And makes worship a top priority in your life. Do you have a mama who you know you wouldn't be here this morning? You wouldn't be in that pew if it wasn't for her. If it wasn't for her having faith in God and loving you enough to share her faith so that you can know what the truth was. You got a mama like that? Have you had a mama like that? If so, then I want you to understand something. I want you to know that God has blessed you. God has blessed you with something more than all the money in the world. You got a mama of faith. You got a mama like Jochebed, and you need to thank God. You need to praise the Lord. You need to praise the Lord for the Jochebed you've had in your life. Jochebed not only brought one of the greatest leaders in the history of the world into the world, but she also protected him. She also provided for him. She also contributed him, contributed to him, becoming the great man that he became. She was a great servant of God. The question is, are you a servant of God? Are you a servant of God like Jochebed was a servant of God? If not, you can start that journey today. You can become a servant of God today. If you're willing to believe in Jesus Christ. And express your faith in him, express your belief that he's the son of God and repent of your sins and act in faith and be immersed in the waters of baptism. If you will do those things, the Lord will save you, he'll add you to his church, his kingdom, and you can leave here a faithful, dedicated servant of God, just like all of those people we can read about in the hall of faith, just like Jochebed. There's someone here this morning who needs to respond to the gospel in any way at all. Come to the front, we'll be glad to help you right here and right now. Let's stand, let's sing.